0: You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, a UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith.
1: Well, hello and welcome to episode number 98 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in my kitchen studio this week is my co-host, Matt. Hello, Hello. I'm a bit scared. I, I've
0: got nowhere near as many buttons to press this week, and it's a bit frightening. I
1: know. We have uh, with us this week we in, the <laughs> in, the, in the kitchen studio. We've got a trainee in the kitchen studio. You can't see him. He's not. Uh, he, he's sort of like tucked in on the wide shot, actually. Yes, but, uh, yes. Absolutely. But good morning to Rob. Yes. There he is. <laughs> there you are. Look, lean, for, lean forward he's and give it one wave. Wave. There, Well we are, done, yeah. Rob. Right. Yeah, so Rob's going to be our technical overlord for uh, today's show. Yes. He's, uh, yes. he's in training with, uh, with Matt, so that's yes, cool. Man.
0: In readiness for when I'm on holiday because you can't do the video.
1: No, because I'm useless. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. No, I didn't there. say
0: that. I didn't say you were useless. It's just it's, the video is a unique skill. Let's put it I that know, way. I know, I <laughs> know, But we have got a, a we've got a
1: guest any guest <laughs> host on we the show have? this week. He's a bit and more than a guest host. He, I know. He's, 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 part bit of of he's, bit he's part of the family. He's part of the family. I mean, let's be honest here. He's part yeah. of the family. So welcome, uh, welcome onto the show as always, our illustriously, marvelously, wonderful pilot Pip. Hey.
2: Morning, everyone. Yay Hello hello and how
1: are things in the world of pip this uh, this uh, week then
2: in the world of pip this morning things are pleasingly windy and rainy right is that oh. good is that mean you don't have this to go morning out? that's an awesome because i was going to go out for a run right my oh. rule is if it's wet <laughs> and windy i'm not gonna go actually on that
0: though how, how is the training going
2: yeah, a little bit up and down. I went out for a run yesterday, a shorter, about six and a half miles. But uh, yeah, not too bad. I need to start six pushing the mileage six up a now. I don't think, I don't a couple feel of months well. ago, I need to start hitting <laughs> 14 and <laughs> upwards. I want to, if I can be doing sort of 18, 19 come late March, Yeah, then I'll, I'll be on track. But yeah, it's all good. Thank how's,
1: you. How's the uh, how's the, the donation thing going with, uh, with well, the London so Marathon? Well, slowed down
2: here. a little, actually. So if anyone's... Uh, wants to donate. Yes, then, absolutely. Then Please do. You know where to go. I just released a, a little mini episode yesterday. Oh good. Uh, in which I'm I'm plugging away again. Good. So okay. I should li- listen well, to that. Uh, whilst whilst we're uh, whilst we're reading out the
0: stories, you pu- pull up all the links that you need and you read them out on here as well. We'll make sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that at, that at, at the,
2: the end. Yeah, that, you know, I don't want to harp on about it too much. Well, no, no, I, no I, I think you should. Like, I strongly disagree. I think
0: you should harp on like mad. I think you're bonkers, frankly. Mm. But there we oh, are. good, <laughs> good on you. <laughs> but yeah, we're all
1: David Corston's just come in the chat room. Excellent. New 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 listener, David Corston. Haven't seen you in the chat room. No. Yeah. Good. I like. Good morning. New new victims. We've got Paul Trickers in there. Dan Hannington in the chat room as well yeah. and uh, someone called Suicidal Hedgehog one right okay that's slightly frightening
3: <laughs> I'm a
0: little scared the chat room's <laughs> filling
1: up nicely uh, we've got, uh, we've got lo- all unusual news this week we had a few, we we had have. A few quite interesting news stories this we week have. and we have got a rather interesting story uh, for the last part of the segment uh, which uh, Pip sent us in this morning, which yes. is which is <laughs> yeah. a, a rather amusing story yes. to end wa- the segment wait, yeah. on.
0: You, you know, like in news at ten when they have an and finally, yeah. and, and finally.
1: <laughs> but uh, we have also we've had a new, we've had a new Patreon. Oh yeah, I feel like should be. We putting some comfortable slippers on (laughs) hey everybody yes of course it is our Earl Grey fund yeah and uh, me and Matt have that for uh, the well for our Earl Grey really and uh, we have had a rather generous donation this week from Philip Labby Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah, Philip Labby has uh, he's pledged on the Patreon for this show. So thanks ever so much to you, Philip, for that. Also, and we mustn't forget, of course, thank you very much to Stuart Backer as well. Yeah, Short Backer. Short. As well. Sorry. Shirt. Short. Shirt Backer. Shirt Backer. Sorry, shirt Backer. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we'll get it there in the end. Yeah. But thanks to you as well because he, he pledged as well on Patreon. So thanks to him yeah, for absolutely. that. And uh, yeah, excellent. Obviously, the uh, those of you who know that uh, these Patreon donations we use these to pay for. Well, to pay for not so just the El Grey, stuff, yeah, but uh, just for our fees and also equipment, because we have got some new lovely equipment Yes, uh, yes. to enable us to do these uh, live shows with uh, with HD streaming, which is yes, quite nice. Yes, yes, very exciting. So thanks all. Well, don't forget, if you want to donate uh, to the show, I mean, you know, you don't have to. We're, not, no, no, we're no, not. no, no, no. No, 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 this is a free all show. All
0: contributions greatly appreciated. But
1: uh, you can go onto our website uh, and click on the Patreon link, and that'll take you through, and yep. it's really easy to do.
0: So it's http colon forward slash forward slash www.planetalkinguk.com all the information you need whether you want to do it through Amazon whether you want to do it through PayPal or indeed Patreon that's how anyway enough of the uh, hard sell let's get on and do some <laughs> stories shall we it's time for a bit of news
1: yes we're going to bring you then as we do each week our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK so if you're all ready let's go So, kicking off this week's first news story on the Hearts and Essex Observer site, this <laughs> one. And the headline, Stansted Airport uh, passenger Ooh, yes. jet in near miss with drone over Dunmow. And uh, a passenger jet has almost collided with a drone over Great Dunmow shortly after it had taken off from, uh, from Stansted Airport. Investigators have revealed... The uh, first officer on board the uh, Boeing 737 aircraft spotted the drone at 4,020 feet. Uh, the pilot estimated it was in uh, within 164 feet or 50 meters of the plane and just some 15 feet uh, 4.6 meters above it. Uh, the drone was purple, or uh, well, had a purple-coloured fuselage, and was about six foot eight inches in length. God, they've they done well to see how long that Yuck. was in the sky. <laughs> uh, a report from the Air U- or UK Air Proximity Board, the AK- or UK AB, said that the incident happened so quickly that there would have been no time uh, to take avoiding action. It happened around 5pm on September the 13th last year as the plane was climbing along the Clacton departure route. The report says that the drone operators are fundamentally required to avoid collisions with all aircraft, Uh, more specifically drone flight above 400 uh, feet is prohibited in Class D airspace without the permission of uh, the appropriate air traffic control unit and therefore the drone operator was not entitled to operate in this location. Uh, the drone operator could not be traced, but the incident was classed as Category A by the UKAB, meaning there was a serious risk of collision. Right. There, have been also, uh, there have also been Category A incidents at Heathrow, London City Airport and Manchester airports in recent months. Steve Landell's flight safety specialist at the British Airline Pilots Association said that pilots can see that drones can be useful and fun to fly, but these near misses are becoming too a regular occurrence. Mm. What's your view on this, Pip? Because obviously you're, you, I mean, you fly all the time, and uh, obviously the jet you fly flies exceedingly fast, and um, yeah, have you, uh, I'll take it you've never seen one of these uh, drones flying past your window?
2: No, I've never seen one airborne, and funnily enough, I've never seen one just walking around you know, the village or, or wherever. I don't think I've ever seen one except my own one. Yeah. But uh, I tell you, I've got a, a couple of problems with this story. Mm. Well, first of all, there's a couple of in- inaccuracies. Oh, it good. says there's somewhere like that you're not allowed to fly above 400 feet in Class D airspace. Actually, you're not allowed to fly above 400 feet anywhere, right. regardless of the class of airspace. Okay. So just to clarify that. But then the other thing I've got a problem with, not that I doubt the story, but perhaps if this has been reported inaccurately or the the first officer has over exaggerated, but if they were at 4,000 feet, as it says here, I mean, that's pretty high even for a drone. I've no yeah. doubt drones can get up there, but that's, you know, that's 4,000 feet. pretty high. Yeah. And then he says he reckons the drone was something two meters in length. Okay. Now that is a whopping size drone. That would be yeah, a, yeah. that would probably be an octocopter. And that would, that's a full, full on professional grade
0: right.
2: drone. And those things cost thousands and thousands of thousands, tens of thousands. I mean, these are the sorts of things they use for filmmaking and documentaries and, and yeah. TV shows and all of this with very sophisticated cameras and all the rest of it. So Somebody's... that being the case, you would, you would think almost certainly that that's being operated by someone who's professionally qualified and knows what they're doing.
0: Yeah, it should have known better, I suppose, mm-hmm. if, if well, indeed this story is to be believed. I would be
2: amazed if anyone operating that sort of drone would, would be flying in that airspace Right. Either without permission or just you know by mistake so i suspect actually if if the height is accurate four thousand feet then i reckon the first officer has overjudged the size of the drone and it was probably more one of the smaller hobbyist things that you can buy off amazon
3: right mm. I, I'd,
2: I'd be amazed if a professional body yeah. was operating up there um you know neglectfully yeah no, so that's I, a I don't point. i don't entirely believe that but you, you, there's one of these stories every week, isn't there? And it's definitely only a matter of time before something happens. Something yeah. happens. Because
1: in, in, in the US, Pip, they've obviously had this drone registration thing where um, mm. they're, they're registering, um, you have to register a drone. Uh, do you think we'll get that in the UK eventually?
2: I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the, funnily enough, actually, our CAA, the UK CAA, are, are quite um, flexible and open to the use of drones. I mean, our, our drone industry actually is quite well developed. I think I've spoken about this before. We have several hundred operators of, uh, you know, professional operators using drones for all sorts of things. Mm. And they've all had to go through and get um, permission from the CAA, something called a PFAW, permission for aerial work. Mm. And so they're using all sorts of size drones from the, you know, the smaller type DJIs that you can buy on Amazon, right up to the these whopping two meter things, the octocopters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and that's been happening for quite a few years here in the UK, um but of course, what's also been happening everywhere in the last few years is the the absolute explosion in in sales of these things. You know, everyone with their dog has got a drone these days, haven't yeah, they?
0: I, mm. I, I I have to confess, I am desperate to own one myself. I really can't. Oh, i I, I love it. one of my friends, um a mutual friend of mine, mine and Bert's actually wrote. Um, um, Ben, he's got one. He he flies some. I think his is a. a I think it's a quad, certainly. But uh, I mean, he sent me some amazing. They're amazing things, aren't they? I mean, oh no, I mean, fantastic! Yeah. I
2: mean, I haven't used mine in over a year now. It's been sat in a, a cupboard. So come down here and uh, you can. I remember you saying that mine. actually, Pip,
1: yeah. on your on one of your shows, you said that you hadn't used yours for a while. And I thought, yeah. God, if, if I had that, I've I'd be flying of, it every day.
2: Yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they are a pain as well because the the battery only lasts about eight minutes. Really? Unless you've got a whole stack of batteries. Oh right.
1: wow! Yeah.
2: So, I mean, but, you know, the few times I've used it and, and attached my GoPro, the video has just been fantastic. Yeah.
0: Bit. So th- these, these pro ones, I mean, is the battery life any longer? I mean, how long can they yeah, stay? Yeah, I believe in?
2: so. I mean, you're into a whole other world yeah. with these, these big octocopters. I mean, literally, they cost tens of 1000s Really. Yeah. a whole different thing. It's like comparing, well, I don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, you know, real aeroplanes with model aeroplanes. Yeah. I mean, these things are serious bits of game. In fact, there's a, a picture on, on this story there of an octocopter Mm. Uh, it doesn't have a camera on it, as far as I can see, but that's the sort of thing we're talking about. Yeah. And actually, if one of those collided with a, a, an aircraft, you know, went down the engine of a 737, that would cause cool, some yeah. serious damage.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. well, as you say, it is almost, like, inevitable. I guess we have to accept that, you know, maybe appropriate changes aren't going to happen until it
2: find something does happen, unfortunately. Mm. But this but, is an emerging technology. I'm sure it won't be long before drones have... Transponders of sorts, yeah. and um mm. uh, you ABS-B. know they can fit the databases with mm-hmm. no-fly areas, so the drones won't go near mm. an airport or won't go above certain. As you say, because they've started doing that, obviously in in the states now, oh, where, yeah. where
0: registration yeah. is a, is a requirement. So it's only a matter of time, I guess, before before we end up doing the same. Mm. I would think so.
1: So, next story. Yes, next story. Especially for you, this one. I know. I'm so looking forward to this because I I found this one last night. (laughs) Yeah, I was
0: was reading it at uh, silly o'clock this morning, actually, because, yeah, this is in the uh, Daily Mail. uh, And and it's it's a marvellous story. This is, it it is. uh, Passenger sends sends in bailiffs to get £600 back from Ryanair. Victory for the father who was charged by Budget Airline just for checking in. Now, as I say, this is, this is the, the, good, you know, like the feel-good story I think we've all been waiting for in the world of aviation. Uh, we've all grumbled about extra charges on budget flights for everything from choosing your seat to printing off boarding passes, but when Lucas Marshall was landed with a £320 bill by Ryanair for checking his family in, he decided to take a stand. The father of four took the airline to court. When Ryanair did not pay up, he sent the bailiffs to their <laughs> HQ, which I just think is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Uh, now he's uh, celebrating his... His victory over the multi-million-pound firm and plans to display his £610 compensation cheque on the wall at home. Mr. Marshall 34 had been travelling back from the Canary Islands with his wife Michelle 42 and children Lewis 4, um, Eleanor 7, Lucy 13, and Carly 16. My mind—he has been busy. Uh, when uh, he was unable to print his boarding passes because of a problem with his booking reference number. Uh, With uh, with minutes to spare, he paid the fee for the boarding passes and checking in so that his family did not miss the journey home. To add insult to injury, his children were dotted around the aircraft on the flight and Eleanor, then six at the time, had to sit next to strangers. Mr. Marshall, who owns a landscape gardening firm, said, I don't like getting walked over. The point is, some people would get back and say, I'll just leave it, I won't bother. Uh, But I thought, this is ridiculous, they they take £300 off you for a piece of paper when really uh, everything else has already been paid for. To me, it was about the principle, and I hated the fact that they'd forced me. Uh, I was at the end of the holiday, and I was worried. I thought, I haven't got this money to spend. Uh, You've got 10 minutes to cough up the money, I said. "Um, And uh, if you haven't got the money, uh, they said you can use a credit card. Uh, it's a case of them bullying you to get the money. When the family returned from the holiday in Fort Aventura in February last year, Mr Marshall, of uh, in da- who lives in Derbyshire, said letters to Ryanair's English office and the firm's HQ in Ireland, urging the airline to do the sensible thing and refund the money. He'd been charged £320 in euros for the cost of checking in at the airport and reissuing wow. boarding passes, as well as an administration fee. When the airline did not respond to his complaints, he took the case to court. Ryanair failed to reply to the court notice, so the case was automatically found in Mr. Marshall's favour, and bailiffs were sent to the headquarters in Stansted, Essex, to reclaim the money. In December, he received a £600 cheque, which is presumably the money that he shelled out, plus any court fees because I know they do that because they they charge you for the bailiff and that don't they if uh, if you don't respond uh, but he he uh, still hasn't had any re- uh, a form of apology from the airline mr marshall said they didn't they didn't file an acknowledgement or anything they just kept ignoring me all the way through when i got the check i was absolutely over the moon and not for the money i wasn't it wasn't about the money it was about the principle um you're not uh, walking all over me he said uh, you can't take a picture uh, you can't uh, Sorry, you can't picture the bailiffs going in I would have loved to have been actually I don't think there's a single person who is listening to this would actually disagree with that I think that's an ama- that would have been an amazing sight to have bailiffs oh, to turning see, up to see that would right. be so cool <laughs> Absolutely So uh, yeah no a, a real uh, a real sort of win-win for the consumer there I that's think at the I mean last.
1: that's real I mean that is that just goes to show that if you know yeah. if you want to make a point and you want to get you know you want to get something sorted Yeah then You've got to stick with it. I'm absolutely just really
0: surprised go. that, given that they didn't send any kind of report. That's the no. strange thing. You'd have thought that they'd have sort of sent in a, well, you know, our policy clearly states that, but, you know, um, but I mean, <laughs> uh, the, the only slight negative is the only reason he's won essentially is because they didn't put forward any form of defence. No, no. So, but by default, essentially, he, he won the case. Um, I mean, I don't know, you know, perhaps they decided it wasn't worth spending the lawyers, <laughs> in which case, why wouldn't you just send him the 300 odd pounds instead of having to pay 610 because you've got bailiffs involved? But uh, there we are.
1: That's, what do you uh, think of that one, Pip? Good story. Well,
2: yeah, I, I think... Well, this guy's my hero to begin yeah. with. <laughs> yeah, I love absolutely. this guy. Yeah. But I think it's pretty common for big companies not to even bother contesting these things. They'll mm. look at it and think, well, £600, it's, it's going to cost us more to have a lawyer look at it. Yeah. So they think, yeah, just leave it. But, but then, uh, you know, it's pretty poor form, and it's embarrassing, of course, for Ryanair and Michael O'Leary, who are um, pushing this always getting better yes. campaign. Yes, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. So, but... Yeah. S- you know, it's just big companies in general, isn't it? But, but again, from the,
0: really the sheer, e- e- sheer econi- economy point of view, you'd sort of think, well, okay, once once you got the first solicitor's letter, before it starts getting into the, you know, because it was only three hundred pounds originally. Mm. You know, once you got into the realms of um, silly, uh, silly sort of solicitors' letters and stuff, surely you'd think, oh well, okay, all right, well let's just, let's just pay up. We'll pay them three hundred pound rather than having to literally double it. But you know. I'll
1: I, I tell you what, though. Even with this story as it is, yeah. it doesn't matter how much bad press Ryanair gets, yeah, we still because use them. Yeah. thousands and yes. thousands and thousands of people still fly with Ryanair every day. That
2: is true. That is true. You just accept that's that's the cost of, yeah. of having yeah. such cheap tickets. Yeah. You, you know, you get what you pay for. But yeah. I'd be interested to know what the original problem was. I don't mm. really elaborate. His, the, you know, the problem with his yeah the booking, booking number, number, the reference. Number. Number. Yeah. Does that mean yeah. he lost it? I don't know. Didn't know what it was. Well, yeah. so do you know maybe what? Maybe he he, you know, he did fall foul legitimately of, of the uh, rules and see. I although it, it I had this issue, he should have paid it, but I don't know.
1: I had this yeah. issue actually funny enough, with Air Malta. Right. Yeah, because when I booked our flights for June with okay. Air Malta, they give you that reference yeah, number, yeah, like, yeah. like a like a letter for, uh, yes. six number yeah. uh, letters. Yes. Sorry, yeah. letters. And um, when I went online to, because you can obviously go on, even though it's in June, you, yep. you can you can check in, put your passport details in now. It wouldn't accept that booking number. Really? No, it wouldn't. You type it in, it, it didn't recognize, it didn't exist. Did even it, though I got it there in front of me as an email. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until probably 24 hours later that I went back online. And it was then working. And it was then yeah. working, Yeah.
0: I mean I, we had a problem we went to um, I can't remember where we were coming back from but we were away for two weeks and we had a bit of a problem because they only allow you to check in seven days beforehand with Ryanair's yeah. website and if you're away for two weeks and you can't find somewhere where you can print off your boarding pass and, and that kind of thing uh, then you've got a real issue on your hands and yeah. you know, I thought oh well alright I'll be a smart aleck and I'll put it on my phone so that I can just find some Wi-Fi and then get the boarding pass if you like while well, I'm there but at the airport um, that, that which was in Menorca um, you, they were unable to accept accept the digital um, QR codes. And so that, that presented us with a bit of a problem. And if it hadn't have been for the nice lady at reception, who very, very kindly printed off our boarding pass mm, yeah. for us, then yeah. maybe we might have had a similar problem. So I wonder if it's perhaps, you know, uh, the, well, yeah. I, don't, I wondered if maybe because they were away for two weeks that, that they, couldn't, um, they couldn't do it. I don't know. Very strange.
1: Uh, just a quick hello in the chat room to uh, Mila. Ah, hello, Mila. Uh, she, I Thank think you for your yeah, feedback she's last popped week. In. Yeah, she's brilliant. popped in the chat. She's on a different account, but uh, I think Mila, that is... Yep, she's on a different account. She's waving. Oh, so she, we'll hello. just give her a wave. We'll give her a, we'll wave. Give her a wave.
3: Hello, <laughs> hello. hello yeah, okay. there's a wide yes, shot. Indeed.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so uh, anyway, we'll uh, we'll move on swiftly to the next story, which is a special one I chose just for you, Pip, because okay. uh, this one is obviously <laughs> more applicable to uh, to you. Somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: huh. Okay. Well, actually, just on that last one, because it kind of yep. links in with this one, the fact that they make the kids sit. Around the cabin, away yeah. from their parents. I don't know how that's legal. No, yeah. Well, I guess it is, but that would yeah, stress no, me considerably. Cool, anyway, yeah. but that sort of leads into this one, which is all about families and price hikes. And this is from travelweekly.co.uk. Families face half-term price hikes as airfares soar. Well, this is nothing new. Mm. Families wanting a half-term holiday this month face paying up to eight times more than normal for flights, according to new research. New research. We've known about this for years. (laughs) Travellers will be hit by the perfect storm of the start of the half term and Valentine's Day falling on the same weekend. Ah. The average cost of flights on the weekend of February the 13th is nearly 200% more than flights departing two weeks later, according to one study. The biggest markup of 762% was on a flight traveling from Manchester to Verona on February 13th. Uh, the second biggest markup was on a flight from London to Salzburg, which cost seven hundred and thirty-nine percent more.
3: <laughs>
2: yes, that, God, is, that is, a, yeah, it is Uh An investigation by the Times last week revealed that Centre Parks <gasps> in the UK during yes. February half term yeah. was one hundred and ninety-four percent more expensive than in Holland. Oh, let's talk about Centre Parks. Yeah. <laughs> France, Holland, and Germany have different school holiday dates regionally, so there are no significant marks up uh, markups during the year. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> under rules, uh, yeah, under rules introduced two years ago, schools in the UK can fine parents sixty pounds yeah. per child if they're taken out of school mm. during term during time. Term time, yeah. Meaning that a family of four faces a bill of two hundred and forty pounds for a week's holiday. Um. And then it goes on with some other stuff that's not really related So So let's, let's
1: clear up something before we, before we uh, discuss this story, Pip. Does it cost more to fly an aircraft when the kids are not at school? Are aircraft uh, more good expensive question. No, to run? No, not. <laughs> right, <laughs> OK. I like
0: it how you not. had to think right. about that for about point that's, 0.3 That's a that's, that's cleared up, then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, OK. So in fact, no...
2: you might argue that a plane full of kids costs less to fly than a plane full of regular... Oh, okay. regular less weight. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, less weight. weight adults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. very
1: true very. so the, so basically they should be encouraging families to bring their children them. on holiday yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah well you know this is this is um, the western world isn't it it's supply yeah. and demand it's uh, capitalism it's, it's just the way the world works I don't know why everyone's surprised
3: yeah,
0: I, I, it's just they're, they're capitalising on on the fact that that, that uh, people uh, have to take their children out of school. To, 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 I, don't, yeah. mm. I mean, certainly when it comes to like what I call like GCSE years and stuff, I I, I fully get that. Uh, uh, obviously, taking your child out of school is is a is a very negative thing. Obviously, if they're studying for their GCSEs, obviously the, you know the end the end of their schooling life is in sight, and and those results that they get at the end can literally sort of decide what the rest of your life is like. So I get that, but it's um,
2: well, there's that. But to be honest, this issue is not about suffering standards of education. It's just a... um, Companies cashing in, essentially. It's a nightmare for the schools to manage when you've got people absent throughout the year. It's just a, a logistics thing. It's, you know, I'm a school governor myself and... So i kind of got to toe the line, otherwise I'd yeah, yeah. quite happily take my kids out of school. I would argue mm. there's more educational value in taking your kids away to a foreign country for a week yeah. and immersing them in yeah. a foreign culture than yeah. there is spent, you know, that last week of school is always spent watching videos or yes. colouring in or doing something that's totally <laughs> useless. Yeah, But yeah, it's yeah. just, I mean, even the headmasters and the headmistresses, are, they, their hands are tied, these rules are passed down to them from, from you know, higher authorities. Yeah. They've, they've no choice but to uh, but to go along with it, I mean, you can you can ask permission, so you can write to your headmaster or headmistress, and yeah. you know state your case, and they can grant you uh, an absence. Yeah, uh, it has to fall under certain categories, like uh, you know, we suddenly at our school suddenly had a lot of people having family getting married abroad. Right, That's oh, did one you of did the things you can take your kids out of school for. Suddenly, <laughs> right. everyone was getting married. Yeah, yeah, who so uh, holiday? actually
0: uh, w- with that in mind uh, theres I-, I don't think I should name the school I don't know if I'd be allowed to so I won't mention them but there's a school in Norwich uh, and it's a free school so it's one of these new sort of government free school type things and they actually don't toe the line with regard to school holidays so they take their holiday time in different times uh, to what everyone else does and so that actually has an added bonus in the fact and, they, and uh, the, the, the deputy head teacher that I was talking to was quite open about the fact that they do it purely and simply because it means that people don't take their kids Mm -hmm. out of school time and it's a bonus for the teaching staff as well because it means that they don't have to pay those exorbitant prices even if they haven't got children to be able to to go away you know on holiday um sort of out of term time so i thought well maybe maybe that's the issue is perhaps the government needs to sort of i don't know just allow yeah i mean
2: the trouble is if you start Staggering the school dates, or just giving everyone free rein, then the companies will just make it expensive all the time. Yes, for me. I mean, it's it (laughs) is. I can understand it totally. We've been looking this week at holidays for half term and over the summer, and it's just it's it's outrageous. Just can't afford it. Even Centre Parks, which we've mentioned here, we used to go to Centre Parks a couple of times a year.
3: Yeah,
2: we love Centre Parks, but this is before the kids started at school, so we could go in odd times like mid January or or places like that. But now, when you look at the the, uh, the Holiday home. prices. Yeah, the market. It's just the, the yeah. price hikes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it. if you ever, if you ever don't know when the school half terms are, just go into the. Yeah,
0: yeah, you think right? Something big is happening. Yeah, then yeah. the prices yeah, are treble. A trebles,
2: weekend yeah. costs yeah. <laughs> you know three or four hundred pounds, and suddenly it costs fifteen hundred pounds. Yes, yeah, so you think. Ah <laughs> Yes. That is when the school yes, holidays. So so
1: can't can't you can't you borrow your jet off safe jets for the for the weekend then Pip and sort of take the family away or would they not? No.
2: <laughs> well, if I did it, uh, did it in term time. Then I'm going to have to pay sixty pounds per kid. Yeah, well, not <laughs> doing that. Good point, Delicious. indeed. Although th- another good point here: sixty pounds per child. So let's say you've got two, three, or four kids: two hundred and forty pounds. <laughs> you're still going to save yourself a, a quite a of cash yeah, by paying true. the fine and. And going on a cheaper holiday. Yeah. <laughs> There's a poor Bert. Sorry,
0: I, poor, I, yeah. I, I, reading this story out and feeling for him. Who's got? He, he, how many have you got? Uh, six. He's got six children. He's. He's. I don't think he's worked out what's causing it.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so moving on swiftly to the next story on Travel Weekly's site. And sorry, um, have I shared too much. A <laughs> po- <laughs> yeah, no. poor Bert. Poor Bert. I know. Um, That's
0: why he looks like a zombie. The poor man is exhausted. <laughs> anyway, but he's
1: a. He's a technical wizard. He is a technical wizard.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's he's putting me to shame. It has to be said. Anyway,
1: so on the travel weekly yes. side, uh, popular airline. This one in in Europe, definitely. We see these. Um, if you, anyone who uh, has the flight radar twenty four app or oh. plane finder app on their phone, you'll see these. Uh, this really? airline flying <laughs> even around bird's got,
3: I haven't even birds got this
0: app. Has he got no? flight radar twenty four? I'm good. Did,
1: it's a good app, it's a good <laughs> app. Other, yeah, there are others available, but uh, that's, yeah. they're, they're the best ones. Yeah. Um, so, Wizz Air <laughs> sees January passenger numbers rise by a fifth. And passengers flown by low-cost carrier Wizz Air soared by 21% in January to more than 1.5 million. Uh, the year-on-year rise came as the Central and Eastern European carrier increased capacity on 18.2% to 1.8 million seats. The load factor was up by 1.9% points to 83.5%. Uh, annual carryings for the 12 months to January were up by 21.7% to 19.4 million. Uh, the airline announced 11 new routes uh, last month, covering Romania, Poland, Bulgaria, and Hungary. Uh, popular air, definitely a popular airline in Europe with air. And you can't miss their aircraft because of no. that, uh, striking <laughs> sort of purple, uh, purple colouring on the, most of the fuselage there, but... Um, I'm guessing Pip, because you fly into a lot of the European airports. I'm guessing you see uh, plenty of these at the uh, A3. I think the A320s at Wizz Air use, aren't
2: they? Yeah, A320s. Yeah, they're everywhere. fact, I, I flew on Wizz Air once. Uh, if I remember rightly, it was a flight from Luton to Poznan in uh, in Poland, and it was not comfortable. Oh, really? Well, it was what, what, what not com- comfortable? To, now, I'm not overly tall, but I, I'm six foot, and my knees were up against the seat in front of me really ah, it in in. was not pleasant at all yeah
0: see uh, now I've had a different experience um, with um, uh, EasyJet which, which again low cost carry you sort of expect mm. it to be quite bad but I was genuinely quite shocked at how good uh, on the, was it, what, what do they have? It the a 319s The 319s. 319s, and 319s, 319s and 3, yeah. 320s, yeah. And uh, I was, because they've, they've changed all the, the, they've got the newer seatings. Yeah. Uh, I was in one of the cabins that have been upgraded. And I could literally put my, I could stretch out, I could actually stretch my legs out underneath the seat, which really took me by surprise. Mm, um, I like EasyJet as
2: well. Mm, that.
1: Yeah, there are, that, I, I agree with that. There, yeah. is, there is a good, good amount of leg run with EasyJet. Definitely. Yeah, definitely, there's just, definitely.
2: I don't know what it is, there's just a different, feel about EasyJet when you compare it to Ryanair. I mean, mm. you kind yeah. of feel welcome on an EasyJet. You do, you? yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: You're, not that, you're not far yeah. wrong there. Yeah. And you here, don't get ran, random crabbing, cabin crew sort of saying about ice and, you know, if we don't do this, you are all going to die. <laughs> uh, which was a lovely like, story for a couple of weeks other week, yeah. <laughs> That story, i oh, blind. <laughs> that was very teary.
1: Yeah. Uh, so next story, Matt.
0: Uh, yes, the next story. It's on Business uh, Traveller and the uh, headline is Boeing 737 uh, Bo- is it Boeing B 737?
1: Oh, no, it's just a Boeing, Boeing, oh, it's just Boeing right. yep. So
0: There's a Boeing 737. This is where the amateur <laughs> <sort of> highlights <laughs> it. It? Yes. Uh, Boeing 737 MAX 8 takes its first flight. Boeing has completed the first flight of its next generation 737 MAX 8 aircraft ahead of its scheduled launch next year. The aircraft flew from Renton Field in Washington to Seattle's Boeing Field, completing a two hour, 47 minute flight and reaching a maximum altitude of 25,000 feet. The Boeing 737 MAX 8 is due to be delivered to launch customer Southwest Airlines in the third quarter of 2017 with, uh, with other customers of the Boeing 737 MAX family, including Norwegian, Virgin Australia, uh, United, uh, American Airlines, Turkish Airlines and Air Canada. Low-cost carrier Ryanair has also ordered 100 of Boeing's 737 MAX 200 aircraft, which the air, airline intends to configure with 197 slimline seats. Boeing says that the 737 MAX 8 will deliver the highest efficiency, reliability and passenger comfort in the single-aisle market with 20% lower fuel use than the first next-generation 737s and 8% per seat lower operating costs than the A320neo. Lufthansa took delivery of the first Airbus A320neo aircraft last week Uh, and uh, yeah that's more or less it on that story.
1: It's a bit it's quite a big story because these are um, I think there's a lot of orders just looking through the orders for this aircraft and as of the beginning of this year Boeing had orders for 3072 and they were firm orders for that aircraft Um, and that uh, that actually first they actually I'm sorry um, first flew uh, as we said, 29th of January. Uh, there's been there's one so far been built, which is a test aircraft. Right. And uh, they're powered by the CFM International Leap One B engine. Okay. Um, and what's special about that? It's uh, it's a brand new, nice, shiny engine. It's supposed to be really fuel efficient as well. <laughs> That's good. I like, I we need engines doing it. the Neo. Yeah, we right. need exactly. Yeah, we need uh, Max Flight because he's the engine man. Is the it's a slightly vehicles.
2: bigger engine on the Neo. Mm-hmm. Mm. um Um, which maybe is where those fuel comparison figures come from you know slightly bigger equals slightly heavier yeah which equals slightly more burned but uh the the max i it'd be interesting to see what happens with this the the phrase lipstick on a pig springs (laughs) to mind (laughs) wow you know boeing haven't it's still a basic 737 all right so the engines are different yeah it's got a few i mean that the the split uh scimitar wing is very funky looking yeah definitely um you know, but otherwise it's the same thing i mean if you look closely, you'll notice the engines are mounted slightly further forwards and slightly higher on the wing and the, obviously the wing tips as I say, but inside it's the same, I think the avionics are still the same uh, uh, slightly bigger screens, I think they've got the same avionics setup as the seven eight seven but otherwise it's not much has changed, really. Whereas I think, I think I'm not an expert here, but I think the Neo is has been radically different. The cabin's different, the air can, uh, the, the pressurisation systems are different, obviously the engines are different, better yeah. economies and all the rest of it. But they've they've changed a lot more. It's almost a new aircraft, and of course Airbus, but making new aircraft, the A380, the 350, the 320 Neo, which is almost a new aircraft, and Boeing. Haven't really done much. The seven eight all they've come out with, and and they've slightly changed the seven three seven. But mm-hmm. um, so I, th- I think it's important from a Boeing perspective that the that the seven three seven max goes very well, and there are no glitches or, or technical difficulties mm. with it. I As mean, I it, say the uh, the three twenty's got the edge in the on the market front. I think they've sold four thousand and something, whereas the, the the max has sold a little bit less. Wow.
1: But it's following on from a, from, a, from a, a brilliant thoroughbred, though. I mean, the 737 has been such no doubt, a popular yeah. aircraft in the all, years. Um, you know, they, I mean, the, the old adage it? If, it, if it's not broke, if it's don't, not broke fix don't fix, fix it. it yeah. you
0: know, but, no, but it,
2: it does seem to me that Boeing have been caught on the back foot a little yeah. bit yeah. by Airbus and the
0: And um, to a degree, it's military. now looking dated essentially because you know, whilst they've made some, you know.
1: The aircraft essentially looks the same. I mean, you can yeah. see on the photos from there on the uh, yeah, just, on, just on bring the, that up, Rob. We'll on the on the page there, you can see yeah. the picture of the there we go. There's yeah. 737 Max eight in flight. I mean, essentially, it is. I mean, it looks exactly the same as, as say the eight the dash 800 which uh, Ryanair use, obviously with the different engines and, and the Scimitar split wind uh, yeah. wingtips on there. But um, I mean, they are going to do. They've got uh, a Max nine a 737 Max nine, yeah. um, which they're going to uh, bring out. On top of this, right. and the Max Eight, which will hold another twenty people. Oh. Pack um, a few I more saltines in.
2: <laughs> the, the way that Airbus have been marketing the, that three twenty one neo is to specifically replace the, the Boeing seven five sevens. So that, you mm. know their mm. marketing strategy is very much going for the the jugular, right? Going out and saying, "Look, you people with seven five sevens, they're rubbish. Get rid of them and get rid of uh, get some of our, our nice a three twenty one neos." Yeah. Whereas the, you know the seven three seven, it's
1: they're definitely oh, might... You
2: know, I'm sure it'll do exactly what it says on the tin, but it's, exactly. not, you know, it's, not, it's not new and exciting. It's not replacing anything except old 737s.
1: Morning to Jonathan Powley in the chat room. Oh, he's morning, Powley.
0: I'll oh, be nice to him. He's not very well. Oh, bless him. Yes, absolutely. I think he's got that man. And through, uh,
1: Ray, Davis, Ray Davis in the chat room has just put uh, that the uh, RAAF used the 737 for, their, uh, for the VIP squadron. Oh, very nice. <laughs> as, as one does. Yes. <laughs> right. So next story. Moving on. Uh, this one is this is your, one, wasn't it,
0: Matt? Is it? Is it? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Sir. So this is uh, Russian. More. Uh, sorry. no This is the uh, uh, Russian uh, RT. RT. Uh, yeah. R- right. Russian Today, isn't it? That's it. Russia That's Today. It. Is I, I was just thinking I recognise the logo from a TV company, but uh, yeah. So Russian airliners to fly to Air France and uh, one of the biggest airlines in Europe Air France KLM intends to wet lease Russian made uh, is it Sukhoi Sukhoi, Superjet Superjet 100 Mm. aircraft this May Uh, they're quoting uh, sorry Gazette uh, Gazetta RU reports quoting a source close to the negotiations in October Irish regional airline CityJet announced that it had chosen the SSJ 100 to enhance its fleet and network development program the company placed an order for 15 of the Russian made aircraft and the story just disappeared there. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's the joys of live, isn't it? Uh, the company placed an order of 15 of the Russian-made aircraft with an option to buy 10 more. Air France intends to wet-lease some of these jets from CityJet. Wet-leasing means the owner will provide a crew, maintenance and other services needed for the aircraft. This is a good opportunity for the aircraft. Then, when the SSJ-100 is certified for flight operations at London City Airport, CityJet will make flights there too, the source also told said. Ced- uh, website which is gazetta.ru london city airport has a single 1500 1, meter long runway the ssj requires uh, the ssj 100 requires up to 2052 meters for takeoff depending on the version of airline uh, airliner sukhoi said certification to use the airport would be solved by the end of 2016 so now i'm going to have to ask the the two experts here um how on earth do you go about um, but you're saying here, 2,052 meters is is the required run runway takeoff distance. So how do you solve that if you're going to land on a runway that's only 1,500 meters?
3: Pip.
2: <laughs> oh, it, it's just a numbers game. I, right. It's Just, you know, I don't know exactly how they do it, but um, it's just manipulating the numbers and, and certifying it for, you know, different categories and things. Right. I don't know. Maybe they'd have to upgrade the brakes slightly, perhaps. Right. Or okay. Do something. Yeah. I, I don't know. No, okay. But I'm fair sure enough. it's just a matter of tweaking the numbers. Yeah. So, so the, the Sukhoi, they don't have to, you know, build a new aircraft or, or right. physically something different with it, yeah.
1: or extend the runway.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, just yeah Boris to Island, to make it
0: a bit, make make the island a bit longer. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the Sukhoi Superjet, as we say, is a Russian um, aircraft, first flew in 2008 in May. Mm. Uh, primary users being Aeroflot Interjet, and Gazpromavia. And there's been 103 of these built, and they've got a cost, if you want to go and buy one down the supermarket, of $1.5 billion for one of these.
2: <laughs> no, that can't be that much, surely. I, didn't I see a quote somewhere about 30000000 million? Uh, it's got yeah.
1: a uh, unit cost 35.4. Sorry, sorry. That's the that's the program cost. Oh, Thirty five point yeah. <laughs> four million dollars. Sorry, Say 1. I'm reading the wrong bit there. For a, oh, small jet but is, uh, these uh, these, these a two pricey. these are uh, side stick uh, jets, Pip. These have got the side sticks. Oh, are they? Uh, yeah, similar I, to I the Airbus. I was wondering
2: actually earlier on what sort of avionics they've got in it. Traditionally, Russian uh, cockpits have been a little different from their Western counterparts. Uh, so I did wonder what this had in it. But actually, I did a quick little bit of uh, Wikipedia reading earlier on. And the Sukhoi, although it's a Russian jet, it's got quite a lot of Western involvement. I think the engines were um, a Russian-French design, you know, a collaboration between Russian and French companies. The Italians were involved somewhere with something or other as well, I read. Um, and the initial designs, the, uh, Boeing was used as a, uh, on the initial um, design plans. So Boeing have got a hand in it as well. So it's... You know, it does have Western influences. Yeah, but I've got to say, it's a super looking airplane. It is, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm just looking at the uh, on the flight deck of the aircraft mm-hmm. here, and as you said, Pip, a lot of the controls, uh, especially the autopilot controls, are very, very similar to the Airbus uh, uh, looking mm-hmm. a, actual way it's set out design. And there's uh, five of those large um, displays. You know, the, uh, the the sort of the colour display screens on there as opposed to you know the usual standard steam gauge cars what you see in older aircraft i'm sorry
3: <laughs>
0: steam
1: gauge steam gauge yeah, I know. but no this uh it's yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a, actually a, to, to look at the flight deck on this aircraft it was a very clean tidy sort of laid out uh, flight deck on here it, yeah, it's, it's not cluttered it's
2: very modern looking jet i wish him luck i'd love to see a few more of these around. And, uh, you know, it sounds like some of the, the Western airlines are, are eyeing them up, CityJet buying mm. a bunch and, uh, and others. Why not? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So the next story is all yours, Pip.
2: Mail Online is Mail
1: it? Online, this one, yeah. Mail
2: Online, Daily Mail, what? Yeah, which, which means, obviously, British Airways. everything
1: must there be true
0: if it's in, the, in, if it's in the Daily Mail, obviously.
2: British Airways <laughs> relaunches direct flights to Iran between Heathrow and mm. Tehran following the lifting of sanctions. The service was suspended in October 2012 amid instability in Iran. Uh, These are just the bullet points at the top I'm reading here. Sanctions on Iran were lifted last month after government met criteria, and major international companies are rushing to establish a position there. Hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: So let's see what the story says. There's a nice picture here of a, looks like a 777.
1: Yeah, I think that is, yeah.
2: Uh, So British Airways is to relaunch direct flights to Iran following the lifting of sanctions. Okay, I said that already. The carrier will operate six flights per week between London Heathrow and Tehran. The service, which was suspended in October 2012, it said that bit already as well, didn't it? Let's Skip down the story. The British Embassy in Tehran reopened in August last year after being ransacked by a mob in November 2011. Uh, Neil Cottrell, BA's head of network planning, said, Iran is a huge and growing economy. <clears throat> Tehran is a brilliant business city so we're incredibly excited to be adding another gateway to the Middle East for our customers. Uh, the recent lifting of sanctions opens up exciting new prospects for Iran as a tourist destination, and with its rich heritage, unique architecture and world-class food, it's unsurprising Tehran is tipped to be a popular destination t- for 2016.
0: Presumably more business, though, Ron, mm. than... than so I can't... I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't... oh
2: I don't know. I think you'd be surprised. There's a lot mm. of people out there are, you know, willing to... Go to somewhere a bit different and yeah. off the beaten track. Yeah. But actually, you, you don't have to go too far back in history to uh, find times when people were going to places like yeah, this, true. to Tehran and Kabul in in uh, or Kabul rather in Afghanistan. You know, they were pretty popular mm.
3: destinations.
2: Destinations mm. back then. I mean, and you know, governments change, and there were times when these places, Afghanistan particularly, were um, very westernised in their outlook and and their approach to life. Mm. I mean, things have changed over the last I mean do you decades, think do you think so, Pip, as a, as a pilot
1: point, uh, do you think pilots are, are, are wary really wary when they fly into places like this even you know the things have got obviously a lot better there now
2: um yeah i mean they will be wary wherever they fly but um i, I don't suppose you're you're going to get pilots rushing to sign up for the for these uh the <laughs> these trips. Rich, i don't know if yeah. this is interesting actually i don't know because it's quite a long flight whether this is a, an overnight trip and back again the next day, so you you know crews are having to Just to spend start, time in yeah. the city. I don't know. Is, there, is there any
1: destination, Pip, on that subject? Is there any sort of destination in in the world as such where where you you know you sort of are a bit cautious and wary when you fly into?
2: Well, very much. I mean, there are some places we can't go to. I mean, we have a, a security grading. So uh, I can't remember exactly what it is, but green means you can go there, you can stay overnight, you can stay a week or whatever. Hmm. Then there's other places which are um, just drop and go. So you, you go in, you, you know, let passengers off, you take new ones on, and hmm. then you go again, so you can't stay overnight. And then there are other ones that are, are completely no-go. right. And, and these change. So for instance, I think for a while Tripoli was a no-go, hmm. but now we can do drop and goes.: Right. Uh, I've been to a few places in Algeria, for instance, where it's a, an in and an out. Right. Um, and then I don't know. There's places I'm thinking. I'm not sure what Baghdad is at the moment on our security grading. Gosh, that might be oh, a, I mean, an in and out. But there's obviously, as you might guess, there's a lot of places in the Middle East yeah. and in Northern mm. Africa where uh, you need to be a little bit careful. As we're going to see on a story in a, a couple of stories' time, I think the uh, the Mogadishu thing with the A320 yeah that's mm. coming up now is it yes,
0: yes. yeah just to just, while, while we're on that subject I mean what about uh, Egypt Pip I mean is, is that another oh, no fly the Charm. for you Sharm
2: yeah. Char- you know, I've not been for a while Sharm um, do you know without checking I don't know it might be a sort of a drop and go I'm sure right. we're still going there certainly yeah. we're going to Cairo okay and to the what's the other one just to the south of Cairo oh, whatever it is Beckles still going no. there I'm, I'm sure we're still going to Sharm <laughs>
0: yeah well it's yeah it's i mean but as a pilot though how do, how does that make you feel when you sort of say oh we're going to you know i'd like you to go to you know on your on your rotor it says you're, you're going to sham i mean does do, do you get do you feel any different about the flight if that's
2: if that's on your sheet personally no not really i mean you 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 know you you're careful wherever you go yeah i mean if we're talking mm. specifically about security i mean our operation is slightly different yes. from an airline we have a little bit more control over What's coming on board and, yeah. and the people mm. who are coming on board. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you're always as a crew, you're always very conscious of of security and and, and what's going on around the aircraft and, yeah, and all the rest of it.
0: It must make you sort of almost a little bit more vigilant, perhaps than you would be if you were, say, flying out of London, for example.
2: Yeah, I suppose so. That's a natural reaction, yeah. isn't it? Um, it shouldn't be. You should be vigilant vigil- everywhere. Yeah. 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 There's uh, no reason to be less so in, in some way you're familiar with. But yeah, no. Anyway, on to the next story, act. as you
0: say. And uh, Flight Carlos, Global. Yep. Uh,
1: yeah, this is uh, regarding that uh, the A321. And uh-huh. um, the, was just uh, to, that yeah. was the Darlow. Darlow? I hope you're pronounced Darlow. 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 So, I, it, uh, I mean, the story on Flight Global says clarity is yet to emerge over the origin of the damage. Well, I think they've, uh, they have uh, kind of said that it was an explosive device right, that okay. uh, happened. But the aircraft suf- uh, suffered s- substantial damage, uh, structural damage to the starboard side of the fuselage while operating uh, flight D3159 to Djibouti. Mm. Uh, Darlow Airlines says that 74 occupants were on board the twin jet, which uh, it says experienced an incident shortly after takeoff. Oh. Uh, there was video footage as well uh, on uh, a lot of the news feeds showing that, uh, showing the, uh, the camera phone footage from inside the aircraft after it had happened, uh, which I watched. I actually right. did watch this. It. It's rather, yeah, it's rather sort of worrying, Unner- really unnerving. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay. the area affected uh, is some five or six seat rows aft of the 2 r passenger door in the vicinity of the window seats. Right. Uh, oxygen masks were fed by generators, were p- uh, which are potentially hazardous as uh, so they produce oxygen through high-temperature exothermic chemical reactions, okay. um, which I think they originally thought it could have been one of these, you know, Tank's exploding. Yeah. Um, but the generators themselves are located in the overhead panels directly above each group of seats, and the video image shows the structural damage includes sections far below the window line and around the cabin floor level. Gosh. Um, Schedules data indicates the aircraft arrived in Mogadishu following a Dalo service from Jeddah on the 2nd of February. Flight Global's Innovata database shows that Turkish Airlines operates uh, Istanbul, Djibouti, Mogadishu daily. But Turkish Airlines Flight Status Facility states that while it flew the Istanbul, Djibouti sections on the 1st and 2nd of February, the (laughs) onward connection to Mogadishu was cancelled. Right. Um, I mean the uh, Adalo initially claimed that all passengers were evacuated safely after the A321 returned to Mogadishu but subsequent reports as I have seen myself as well yeah. on the news feeds indicated that the incident did result in one fatality oh. I think uh, one of the the passenger obviously seated directly right next to there, yeah, or right yeah. next to that was uh, was, t- was sucked out of the aircraft okay. in the Really mm, yeah Oh my goodness uh, if So just bring that bring that picture bring that up, picture up there on the screen, you can see. There's uh, for those of you who haven't seen the news, uh, the pictures yet. This uh, picture of the aircraft in question, we can see the wow. uh, the. Uh, and you can, if you look closely, I mean, you can see yeah, yeah. behind where the initial explosion hole is. There, there, are, you can see some black kind of sooting on yeah. the side of uh, side of the fuselage itself. Yeah. So, uh, what do you reckon on this one, Pete? I mean, it's, I think this one is definitely a lucky, very, very lucky escape. I think. Yeah. For, uh,
2: well, I mean, uh, let's be clear. It's it's a bomb.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: If right. you're in any doubt, there's a small clue. If you look very closely, you'll see a large hole in the size of the aircraft, Yeah. which is a bomb. If right. it looks like a bomb, okay. and it sounds like a bomb, and it smells like a bomb, and it is a bomb. Hmm.
0: And they say there's one fatality. Hmm.
2: It's a bomb. Well, <laughs> I mean, the guy who is, if that's true, yeah. um, he obviously was the bomber. Yeah. So, you
0: know. So it's a, if there's only one person... I mean, part of you thinks well. Perhaps it failed to detonate correctly if it's only taken out one person. I mean, we're surmising, altitude, obviously. This bomb. So
2: right. um, that has an effect. If you're if you're up higher, the pressure differential or delta P, as Rick would say. Right. The uh, the def- the pressure differential between the inside and the outside of the cabin is much greater at higher altitude. So the, the explosive right. okay. uh, effect is, is more. So um, so perhaps are we, are we, I'm just you know just guessing here. Perhaps. Because this flight was delayed by an hour, I think. Yeah. So maybe this thing was on a timer, and it, you know, because the flight was delayed, it went yeah. off um, at a much earlier stage of flight, so the, the so damage perhaps, wasn't as yeah. bad. So, I mean,
0: well, at the end of the day, this is an emerging story, and we should just stress, obviously, that nothing is concrete yet. And uh, obviously, we'll update you next week with uh, any more information that comes out. We, we no,
1: are
2: except we, that it's definitely a bomb. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, okay, fair if, enough. If, if anyone,
1: if anyone in the in the chat room wants to see some a lot, there's a lot more pictures and photos yeah. and, and a full um, sort of investigation-type you write-up on this story. Yeah. If you go to a wonderful site that is the Aviation Herald, right. uh, and click on there. There is, uh, there is a lot more pictures of the aircraft and also the link to the video as well, which uh, okay. was on YouTube, of, uh, which someone took inside the aircraft as wow. it happened. So,
2: okay. so is, is there- I mean, it's slightly suspicious, and I'm not suggesting anything at all, but it's slightly suspicious that for every day for the past couple of years, Turkish Airlines have been operating this Istanbul Djibouti flight, and then on the day of the bomb. Or the explosion or the incident, or whatever, yeah, whatever uh, you want they, they cancelled their flight and this, this other local airline stepped in. Mm. Really? Yes. Yeah. It sm- smells of. Uh,
0: it does literally smell of uh, insider information almost, doesn't it? Or possibly. And yeah.
2: that, not suggesting anything, nope. but if that was no, no, the no. case, if Turkish had some inkling, because, I mean, they've been targeted before by uh, Al Shabaab. So, you know, it's, they're, they're very aware of the risks down there. But if there was a suggestion that they knew there was a specific risk and then they cancelled the flights and allowed some other airline to, to take it on without warning them, then that, that seems a bit mean you know, <laughs> would do even make them complicit in a way. But I mean this I mean, aircraft, just pure speculation of course.
1: Yeah. I looked it up online the registration of this aircraft and it was nearly twenty years old this this particular mm, aircraft. Right. Nearly well, I did 20. read
2: this very same airframe had some sort of incident in Leon a few years ago. Okay. Um, gear claps or a tail strike or something right. like
0: that. That's quite different to to obviously the images that we're seeing here though, um, to be fair. So yeah, as you say, I think, uh more, more is yet to come out of, uh, mm. of of this actual incident, I think. But, uh, yeah, so, next so watch this space. Yes, is next story. All yours. It is And uh, we're returning to a low-cost airline. And actually, I saw a very good... Um, I was hoping to actually play the, the uh, Look East video, um, but unfortunately, they I didn't get permission in time. So, uh, EasyJet plans to... Uh, EasyJet plans battery-powered taxiing. Hmm. UK low-cost carrier EasyJet is banking on a 700-kilogram new taxiing system to save themselves around about... 50,000 tonnes of fuel per year. The concept envisages motors in the main gear powered by a hydrogen fuel cell uh, installed in the hole which charges uh, using energy captured from the brakes upon landing pilots will be able to maneuver on the tarmac using the motors instead of their main engines taxiing to with which uh, taxiing with which currently accounts for around about 4% of the airline's fuel bill and about 20 minutes of each aircraft's journey time easyjet promises that the estimated fuel saving to uh, savings do account for the extra weight of the new system and although it declined to say how much of a fleet-wide upgrade of its airbus a319s and a320 it would, it would cost, the airline is sure that the technology will pay for itself. We have done the calculations and are confident that uh, over the lifetime of the aircraft, the fuel benefits will make the system cost effective, says EasyJet. Asked why it had not opted for an off the shelf solution such as wheel tugs, nose gear mounted motor, the carrier said a zero emissions system was best designed from the ground up. Water will be the only waste from the hydrogen fuel cell and could be used to replenish the aircraft's supplies. Hmm. Uh, Working with the UK's Cranfield University, EasyJet plans to unveil a mock-up and a working example of the new system in the coming months. Now... I, I don't know well Pip would be able to answer this one but it,
1: it's this was in the news about about a year ago I think oh, it's was kind it? of yeah this well I mean the same it was in,
0: it was in it was in it was on look east like mm. this this um, this last few days but I mean it I don't know I always kind of assumed that firing up the engines and doing the taxiing and things Pip was perhaps part of um I don't know almost part of your pre-flight routine I mean
2: is it just well yes it is but um you know, there are some places you go where you really do spend a lot of time taxiing. So, for instance, yeah. a couple that stick out in my mind are Barcelona, Madrid. I mean, I've literally done uh, instances there where the flight time has been shorter than the taxi time. Really? You can't, you, oh, yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> I mean, it can take 30 minutes, 45 minutes sometimes to taxi out around Barcelona. Um so you know you I mean airlines have been for years doing single engine taxi in an effort to to cut down fuel burn and, uh, right. and uh, extend engine life but, and, but this idea of somehow uh, towing the aircraft out or having some sort of electric motors that they can drive the aircraft out to the runway that 's been around for years right uh, and it's a good idea why not yeah um, quite how they 're going to i 'm not familiar with the system this okay. the electric motors on the aircraft but the, the ones i Seen, have been uh, tugs, electric tugs yeah. taking the aircraft out. You know, that happens in a couple of places. Okay, but you're right. I mean, at some point you're going to need to um, fire up the engines. You're going to have some checklists to do. Yeah, you're going to have to wait for the engines to, to warm up. You know, there are certain minimum yeah. temperatures, and it takes a couple of minutes for the engines. You know, at idle to run up to those temperatures before you're ready for takeoff. But yeah. um, you know, there's no reason why this can't work. Yeah,
0: okay. Can ne- I just trouble you to, to tilt your, your camera down a little bit, please, Pip, if that's okay? Oh, Sorry, oh, I'm, I'm just. So particular. I Never, know, I know.
1: He's a slave driver. <laughs> Neville Bounds in the, uh, in the chat room, Pip, has put that how are EasyJet going to manage that at Luton? It's a bit uphill when you join to taxi 2608. Oh.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, Luton and most of the airports, perhaps with the exception of Heathrow, you don't have to taxi that far. Right. You know, taxi times are not exorbitant. No, but um, you know, that's, as I say, that's not the case everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, Luton. I mean, Luton's a small airport. It doesn't take long to, to taxi out at all. But no. um, but uh, yeah, Heathrow it might work. Maybe Manchester. I'm not sure, but uh, but certainly for other places, you know, in the states, get you know, Atlanta or somewhere like that. The, the airports are freaking huge.
1: So next story, moving on, everybody, this one Everybody will be pleased to know that Pips. Bert's
0: just told me off because I've got to move my camera oh, now okay. as well because I'm not in shot properly either. So there Yeah, we move your camera, Matt. Come yeah, on. absolutely. Revenge is very sweet, Keep isn't up. it? Yeah. <laughs> Bloody amateurs.
2: <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> okay, who is this?
1: This is Pip oh, Okay. Pip run, yeah, right.
2: cool. Oh, sorry, which one? Are you? Oh, the CRJ-900. Yeah, the yep. gear collapse. Oh, no. Oh, blimey. Mm. Cheery. Blinds. Okay, SAS CRJ nine hundred gear collapses after an apparent vehicle collision. Uh oh. Images from the scene of a ground accident at Copenhagen indicate that a Scandinavian Airlines Bombardier CRJ nine hundred has sustained serious damage, apparently during a vehicle collision.
3: Yep. The
2: aircraft suffered a collapse of its left hand main landing gear on the fourth of february, which according to the images appears to have been oh appears to have distorted rearwards into the wing fairing. The collapse of the gear left the CRJ-900's wing in contact with the ground. The images also show a... ...to have sustained substantial roof damage. Uh, I don't see the images on this story. Is it my laptop? No, there's,
1: there, I don't think there's any images on this, actually. Oh, right, then. This is quite uh, a news, SAS news story. Group
2: could not immediately be reached to confirm the extent of any injuries or identify the airframe. Flight Global's Ascend consultancy arm indicates that the aircraft involved was a seven-year-old jet registered uh, Oscar Yankee Kilo Fox Trot Charlie. Denmark's Air Accident Investigation Authority indicates that it will not be probing the occurrence because it was classified as a working accident and did not take place while the flight was operating. So, there you go. Mm.
1: We've had this a few times in the last few weeks, stories with uh, with, with gear collapses and bits yeah. and pieces like that, but not, uh, not with the uh, collision with vehicles. No.
2: Um, oh it's not uncommon um vehicles drive into airplanes all the time.
1: Well I hope not yours Pip. I mean yours <laughs> oh, is I've quite an expensive aircraft.
2: Really? Yeah yeah yeah. Um toilet trucks normally backing <laughs> in because our toilet normally that I think the, the the honey carts plug into Yeah. Oh I don't know where they do on, on the bigger aircraft but on our one it's right at the rear and the the uh, it's a bit awkward to get to actually so the the honey cart lorries have to back up right. and uh, often they'll just reverse straight into the to one of the engines. Gosh!
1: Wow, or you get a truck,
2: um, you know, pings the end of the wing. We've got these static wicks. Oh uh, yeah, for, yeah. Which are for discharging lightning, you know. I are just, just kind of flexible, wobbly things on the on the trailing edge of the wing, and sometimes <laughs> a, a truck might clip one of those and break it off.
1: It's never normally bad bad enough that they cancel. Uh, you know, you, do you do you have to go out and do obviously a visual check after this happens? Yeah. Okay? Well,
2: I mean, I. Uh, You know, if it does happen, then the the aircraft will will need some sort of maintenance inspection. You know, I don't want to be too flippant. It doesn't, like, happen every single day. But, uh, you know, it's not terribly uncommon. And it is a serious thing when it happens. So you can't just, uh, you know... Wave it off and go flying. You, you, you'll need to have an engineer come out and check it over.
0: Yeah, I should just apologise. We've got um, lots of fan noise going on in the studio at the moment. One, one of our one of our machines here is uh, got fans the... in the studio. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's, it's a it's a so hot here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 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 all those yeah. sorts of fans. <laughs> yes, yes. No, no, no. no not um, not not plain geeks. All very excited about what we do here. I, I don't. I don't <laughs> think such things exist.
2: Uh, <laughs> screaming girls throwing their bras at you. Indeed. So, oh, 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 blimey. Help. Oh, if only. Oh. So next story. Moving on. So <laughs> (laughs) 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 Uh, this
1: one is on Flight Global's website and uh, the headline it's a picture one as well and uh, Singapore International Airlines has uh, its its first A350 completed its first maiden flight Uh, Singapore Airlines first Airbus A350-900 XWB has completed its maiden flight uh, in southwest France Uh, the aircraft will now enter the final phase of production which includes additional ground checks and test flights the jet will be prepared for delivery in the coming weeks, says Airbus. Uh, When contacted, uh, Singapore was unable to say when it will take delivery of its first Dash 900. Uh, Flight Global's fleet's analyzer, however itself, lists the jet to be registered as 9 Victor Sierra Mike Alpha. Uh, as scheduled for delivery by the end of February. The Star Alliance carrier has 67-900s on order and will look to deploy them on non-stop services to the United States uh, with the planned Singapore-New York service coming into effect in 2018. There's a picture there on the screen that you can see what's going on there. Wow. Um, I will just say, on uh, the Aviation Herald site, uh, which obviously we look at very well. I mean, I, I think I mentioned this to you, didn't I, Pip, last night. Uh, there was actually a Vietnam, um, a Vietnam Airlines A350-900 had a loss of cabin pressure.
2: Yeah, you did send me the text. I didn't see the story, actually. I, I went on to P Prune, which is my normal source of of uh, news stuff but it wasn't on there so yeah i don't know much about
1: that one yeah there was um, there was a uh, vietnam airlines airbus a350-900 which was is just 6 months old oh, right. uh, had lost a loss of cabin pressure yeah yeah uh, there was 137 passengers and seven crew on there uh, and and it was uh, en route and it had a loss of pressure the masks were released and they initiated emergency descent and returned to hanoi for a safe landing um, mm. but i mean that's uh, I mean, this is a really, really new aircraft, Pip, and um, oh
2: yeah, absolutely, it's it's, it's as we we're discussing with the 737 Max. Yeah, I is, mean, it's, it's, it's brand spanking new.
1: Worrying to see you know so so quickly one of these pop up on the uh, on the news feeds for you know an incident. Such yeah, as, so yeah. I mean,
2: it's not uncommon. Most new aircraft when they come out onto the line suffer some ongoing technical niggles. You know, the yeah. 787 had a a nasty oh, yeah. habit of catching fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as you do i mean that 's a pretty yeah. serious thing, but as well, the, most no, aircraft have niggles that that get solved in the fullness of time, but uh, of so of- I, I hope this isn 't uh, you know some issue that's going to be ongoing for the three hundred and fifty because that 's yeah. And of course, yeah, the the, the loss cabin isn't? pressure is pretty serious. Important, yeah.
0: Yeah, the big one with, of course, with the Dreamliner, wasn't it? They had issues with the uh, the batteries. nickel high drive batteries when yeah, they when, yeah. they, when mm. they first started using those. Oh, excuse oh. me, that's my oh, phone. My, <laughs> my Carry on without me, guys. Carry yeah, on. Okay, no problem. So the
1: next story, moving on, on to Flight Global's site. Then this one is uh, for Matt. This one. Yes,
0: it is. Yes, and this is uh, Cathay Pacific. Uh, this is, on uh, Flight Global is the website and the headline is Cathay Pacific's first A350 uh, delivery pushed to late April. Cathay Pacific says the delivery of its first Airbus A350-900 will be pushed back to late April because of a cad- cabin product issue. I wonder what earth uh, that is. The airline made the disclosure in its monthly magazine CX World saying the original delivery was slated for February. The Cathay team is working closely with Airbus and the product supplier to minimise the risk of any further delays it adds. Cathay did not disclose uh, more details about the cabin product issue but media reports have pointed to business class seat supplier Zodiac as having fallen behind schedule. Cathay's uh, 900s, well dash 900s will have 280 seats uh, in total, 38 in business class, 28 in premium economy and 214 in economy. The airline had earlier said that the jets will feature the Next generation of business and economy seats, as well as in-flight entertainment products. Cathay uh, is also working with Porsche Design Group on the design of its A350 cabin. That's actual Porsche as well. Indeed. Yeah, the Hong Kong flag carrier will add 22 Airbus A350-900s to its fleet over the next two years. Followed by twenty six A three fifty dash one thousands from twenty eighteen through to twenty twenty.
1: I'd love to Cathay Pacific's one of those airlines that I've always wanted to, you know to to, to try because you hear so many good things about them Cathay yeah Look at their service for their um their crew and and you know the cabin crew and that it's supposed to be really really top notch on their on their aircraft but um no it's good to see the three I mean the three fifty is obviously is, is going to be a really popular aircraft. It'll be interesting to see if they uh, overtake uh, Boeing with the Dreamliner with, their, with the 350. Because the, the Dreamliner and the A350 are very similar, Yeah, look yep. very similar. Absolutely. They almost are clones, I think, of each other. But yep. um, obviously, for me, it's always going to be Boeing. <laughs> I'm biased in that way. It's Ray, a... <laughs> I totally agree with you, Ray. Yeah, what? Uh, that's what Ray's put in the chat room. I, well, I can't see the chat room. So okay, I'm sorry. T- Ray, Ray Davis <laughs> has put, if it ain't Boeing... He ain't going. Oh, very good. Very good. Right.
2: If I were Airbus, I would have people employed trying to think up Assuming rhyming like, words with yeah. Airbus so they can come up with something <laughs> yeah. to counter that going, ain't going thing. No, indeed. Right, on to the next story then. Pip, this is with you. I think you found this
1: story. Yeah, nice, this is you? Pip. This is all you, this one.
2: Yeah. Oh, Yes. I haven't got the story though. Hang on. Oh that's <laughs> oh,
1: right. What we'll do, we'll put the we'll put the picture up. Uh our, our master. I don't know at where I found the there. story
2: now. One of you guys read it. There oh okay, all right. Now, well okay, I'll do it then. Go on then. So
0: um yes, uh, we'll just bring the picture up very quickly. So it's in flight entertainment. This is in the traveller.com look at this. Photo In Flight Entertainment. Dog sits perfectly in plain seat. <laughs> this is absolutely amazing. The sky is the limit for the high flying pet who has become an overnight internet sensation thanks to This photo. Instead of having to put up with the typical flying problems like someone stealing an armrest or reclining their chair deep into your knees, uh, one couple uh, probably just uh, just had to put up with a little tiny bit of occasional barking. Uh, Nick Weathers explained his parents captured the bizarre photo whilst on the Delta Airlines flight 4640 from Atlanta to uh, Chattanooga Chattanooga. in Tennessee on January the 26th of 2016. <laughs> Details about the K-Line was actually going on the plane remain scarce. Uh, scarce sorry. Uh, <laughs> did it enjoy an in-flight drink is one of the questions that were asked. Although Delta Airlines has been contacted for more information. Delta said we treat our four-legged friends with the same attention and courtesy our human passengers expect. But this perhaps went a little bit too far. The airline's guidelines state that your pe- pet must be small enough to fit comfortably in a kennel. The kennel must fit under. Under the seats, directly (laughs) in front of you, your pet must remain inside the Um. kennel with the door secured while in a Delta boarding area uh, during uh, during boarding and deplaning a Delta airport lounge and while... And whilst on board the aircraft, the photograph quickly went viral and has been shared and liked by thousands of very amused Twitter oh, users, this is including myself. <laughs> this is, I'll just this bring is that one of the best up. stories think yeah, yeah, we've had is. for a long yeah. while. I uh, mean, although, I think, actually, I think you highlighted quite nicely. We'll just bring that picture up again. There we go. Uh, Look at uh, that. Something that, highlighted, that Carlos highlighted is a little alarm that he was sat in an emergency exit yeah, seat. Yeah, he was sat in wing <laughs> exit seat. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, don't know how much help he would be in an emergency. I mean, did he, <laughs>
1: did, did he read the card? the um, the uh, you know the the emergency car right so he card. was fully briefed on how to help yeah, everyone get out of well, the well
2: I mean that, that's why I, I I sent the story in actually the the <laughs> dog sitting in the emergency exit row yes uh, now, but not not the dog sitting in the seat bothered you sitting in an emergency <laughs> exit row you have to be something called an able body passenger yes yeah yeah <laughs> which means someone who is capable um you know physically and mentally of opening and using that that exit in an emergency now. I'm a big dog lover. I, I love dogs. Yeah, uh, yeah. However, I'm doubting this Alsatiany-looking <laughs> dog, as bright as he might be, is capable yes. of opening <laughs> the emergency exit. He would probably struggle, I think, to be yeah. fair. However, yeah. I mean, that's we don't know when this photo was taken. This may well be up in the cruise, so uh, yeah. you know, you're not opening the emergency exit up there. No. I'm sure an airline of the quality of Delta. He yes. wouldn't have allowed uh, the dog to be sitting there to take off landing. I mean, landing. <laughs> I
1: mean, I mean, were the airline barking mad to oh, let him on there? I mean, did, I mean, did he feel rough? Oh. When he, when he...
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm, genu- I'm
0: genuinely speechless, Carlos. I have no words for you right now. I am so uh, perhaps, yes. perhaps,
1: actually, in this picture, perhaps he was pausing for thought.
2: Oh, Carlos, oh, stop. For my the my love sides of, are literally oh.
0: going to split. <laughs> oh, I don't... I just... I'm literally oh. holding my head... That, that, that's it. I'm holding my head in the... I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. Oh, Put a me, leash on him, for... will you? Um, oh, oh, no. Don't use you, that. Oh. Oh, <laughs> that's it.
2: But, but g- seriously, there's... Um, it's interesting. There are quite some differences between the rules uh, for us here in Europe and in the States. Over there, you can... Quite freely, take on your pets onto um, onto mm. aircraft. There was a, another Delta flight, actually, just a few weeks ago. You recall there was a very funny picture of a, a great big turkey sitting on the seat. <laughs> I missed. Uh, remember that one? No. <laughs> yeah, I remember All, seeing no, uh, Jeff Price had that on ABG, yeah. Sitting, oh yeah. right. there, but over there you can take animals on, and uh, you know they call them uh, emotional support animals. That's it. Which, really? Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on that. But <laughs> over here, for instance, I think the rules very slightly depending on the airline but for british airways for example you can't take any animal into the cabin except a a registered guide dog or a seeing eye dog i think we're called in the states but you know a proper guide dog you can't just take your emotional support pig no something on with you (laughs) every everyone should have one obviously yeah all animals have to go in a proper um Certified crate and they go in the hole. Actually, I was going to ask yeah. Pip
1: because obviously, SafeJet is is obviously a lot lot smaller aircraft, a smaller uh, yeah. airline, or such. I mean, what what are the rules with SafeJet as regards to taking animals, pets, or or, or something? Yeah,
2: we take pets. Quite you regularly. do. In fact, it wasn't me, but we did have a flight not so long ago that was entirely pets. I think it was nine <laughs> golden retrievers. Wow! What well, on, on board the aircraft? Yeah. Wow, wow. Those,
0: those owners are just—they uh, need to nine. find more things to do with them. Yeah, seven or nine, something like that. There was a picture floating around. Wow, One of
2: that's the, the awesome. Cabin crew who was a, a dog lover volunteered to to be responsible for them? Oh, well, that's very Blimey. good. As it was it okay. was that a long flight, Pip? I can't remember. No, okay, <laughs> good can't remember. but I've several times we've had uh, yeah many times we have dogs. On in fact, he was bitten by a dog not so long ago. I Mm, um, yeah, it's not uncommon. And say so other airlines, British Airways, you can't do it, but most of the European ones, so Air right. France and KLM, etc., you can bring your pets with you into the cabin, provided they're in a, uh, you know, a cage. Do you know, I'd love to ring up Ryanair and ask them how much they
0: would charge for you to take a dog. You're <laughs> not, a, you're not a
1: huge lover of flying, are you, Matt? I'm not a right. huge lover of flying. But what mate. if, what if you, what if they said that you could take Alfie on board with you?
0: Um. Given how how he doesn't like travelling even in the car, um, I wouldn't do it to him or anyone else around him, if you know what I mean. Okay. Uh (laughs) Okay. He says choosing his words. Anyway. anyway, that is where we have to bring the commercial section to a close. We're just going to have a very quick cup of tea break. Uh, obviously, no Pilot Pip segment. because No, we have Pip's, Pips, Pips not pilot. sent the segment in. No, he's
1: very, very lazy. Oh, that lazy guy,
2: honestly. That's
0: outrageous. But we have got some feedback from listeners. We have got some feedback. That's going to come up towards the end. So we're just going to have a very quick cup of tea break, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back after these fabulous messages.
1: find this and other great shows at the aviation
3: media network.
1: Thevoicesinyourhead.com
0: website www.planetalkinguk.com
2: or find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash plane uk on twitter via at plane talking uk or get in touch via email
4: on podcast at plane thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening
2: aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines
5: <laughs> well not anymore I'm Steve Fisher. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and
2: interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out.
5: How cool is this? Crash, crash, turn that down.
2: Quack, 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 quack.
5: (laughs) What is cricket, anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there
4: we go.
1: And we're back. We are indeed. Hello, everyone, who is still with us. Greetings and greetings. There's a little tea break there. Yes, sorry uh, about that. We're fully teed up now. And uh, Pip, you're still
2: here? I am still here.
1: Brilliant. Right, we're going to start off then the next part of the show, which is our military segment, yes. which we missed last week because we had so much fun with Nick. We did, yes. So yeah, we, we missed show. military, yes. but we are going to do the military segment now. So if everyone's ready, yes, we are. Let's go. So our first news story then on Flight Global site. And the headline, UK signs £1.1 billion deal for new military training fleet. Ooh. So the UK military, uh, Ministry of Defence has signed contracts worth £1.1 million, uh, billion sorry, uh, pounds, uh, to cover the remaining fixed-wing elements of its military training system, or MFTS, uh, infrastructure. The deal plans the provision of a tree of new aircraft types and related ground-based training equipment. Worth around 500 million and awarded to Elbit Systems KBR joint venture Affinity Flying Services on the 2nd of February, the aircraft package will lead to the introduction of the Grob G120TP mm-hmm. uh, to be named the Perfect for the UK and the Beechcraft T6C, which is uh, obviously we've got pictured up here. Ooh, yes. yes, bring that up. I we'll think it's prefect there. actually. Prefect, uh, prefect, prefect. Sorry, prefect. Sorry. <laughs> I oh, think a perfect,
2: big. a rather presumptuous name for a small. Mind thing. you, I do. I tell you what, I do like <laughs> that in the black. That looks it is, awesome. It's quite
1: stunning. I'd love to stunning. learn to fly in that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> Elbit Systems and KBR will <laughs> evenly support and benefit from the program, uh, says for the former uh, of the private finance initiative deal. In addition to supplying new trainers, Affinity will also be responsible for providing maintenance and support services for the entire fleet types. Selected in October 2014, Affinity's fixed wing package comprises of 23 G120TPs, 10 T6Cs and 5 Phenom 100s, which will be used for elementary basics and multi-engine pilot training, respectively. Uh, Full operational capability for the system, which will replace the UK's in-service Grob 115 tutors, uh, uh, short Tucano T1s and Beechcraft King Air 200s and 350s is scheduled during 2019. Embraer says its subcontract with Affinity includes support services and option for additional follow-on aircraft, uh, additional demand is expected to uh, stem from the MOD's late 2015 decision to retain some of its Lockheed Martin C-130J tactical transports in service and also to acquire nine Boeing P-8A maritime patrol aircraft. My word, we do need them because we absolutely have no maritime patrol craft in the UK whatsoever. True. We have to keep borrowing the French ones yes. every time we get uh, submarines coming inter- into our area. Though <laughs> I know that's a good story, and on definitely for uh, for the aircraft. UK because yeah. um, we do we could do with some nice new shiny uh, mm. training aircraft there. Definitely, shiny. and uh, I've seen these flying actually. They they are like uh, bullets in the sky. These yeah, aircraft, I
2: fast, I bet. Which one's the the Grob. The yeah, the Grobs.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Grobs. Yeah,
2: it's very similar to the Tucano, isn't it? That it's replacing.
1: Yeah
0: yeah nice nice bit of kit the next story yeah next story this is on flight global this is the usa air force or the usa force uh, to continue a10 warthog warthog wing production Uh, the u.s Uh, U.S. Air Force has not only ditched the long-standing plans to retire the Hardy Fairchild Republic A-10 attack airplane, but it is launching a follow-on wing replacement program to keep the combat veteran flying well into the next decade. On Tuesday, Defence Secretary Ashton Carter announced plans to keep the Warthog that first flew in 1972 for another five years, with a revised retirement date of 2021. The same day, the Air Force released a draft statement of work regarding construction of slightly updated versions of the A-10 enhanced wing assembly currently built by Boeing and Korean Aerospace Industries. That seems an unusual partnership, doesn't it? Boeing and Air- and, and Korean Aerospace, but anyway. Uh, Boeing's contract includes 173 wings with options for 69 more, but the airline, the, the, the Air Force confirms the ordering period, uh, the ordering period ends in September. Boeing said Uh, those wings based on the 3D models of the original uh, thick skin wing design of the 1970s could keep the aircraft flying past 2040. This will not be a sole source acquisition to Boeing but Boeing will have every opportunity as will other approved sources of supply to compete in the source selection process for the A-10 TUSK or Tusk wing requirement says a spokesman for the program approved sources include Boeing Lockheed Martin Israel Airspace or Israel Aerospace Industries and Spirit Auto Aerosystems and representatives from each company attended an industry day at Hill AFB in November. According to contracting notices, the A 10 Thick Skin Urgent uh, Spares Kitting TUSK Wing Assemblies Program could deliver up to 120 complete wings at a rate of 10 to 25 units per year over a five-year contract period. The Air Force's fiscal year 2016 budget includes funding for the first wing and three low-rate initial production units. Wing assembly will include all structures, fairings, flight controls, systems, electrical harnesses and hardware that makes, a, makes up a complete wing from tip to tip. The statement of work explains, uh, excluded will be the weapons mounting pylons, landing gear, countermeasure and classified systems. The first and subsequent wing assemblies are to be installed on operational AC 10, uh, sorry, A-10Cs and will remain there once certified, the document adds. The Air Force remains uh, maintains 284 operational A-10C with an, ad- an average fleet age of 34 years and 77% uh, mission-capable rate, Air Force data shows. Though the Air Force has been trying to retire the A-10 since 2014 uh, to generate savings. supporters within the organisation and in Congress have successfully lobbied against the move. Lockheed Martin's F-35 and other fast jets uh, were meant to assume the Thunderbolts' uh, Thunderbolt 2's close air support role.
1: Love this aircraft. I always have the A 10. Mm. Uh, Fantastic. Although, by David uh, Vanderhoff, he's a huge fan of these on the Airplane Geek show.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Always good. I was going to say, if you want a a bit more in depth detail, go back a couple of Airplane Geeks episodes ago. And and David Vanderhoff had quite a a rant rant, Yeah. this and the the retirement of them and all the rest of it. Good. That's always nice.
1: The next story is all yours, Mr. Pip.
2: Okay, this is a story of stalling for time here while well, uh, I government British government confirms C130J buy. France has confirmed its purchase of four Lockheed Martin C130J Hercules tactical transports, two of which will have the ability to refuel France's rotorcraft fleet. Huh. A contract for the acquisition was signed on 29th January, 2 months after the US Defense Security corporation Agency authorized the sale. Of two C 130Js, two extended range Lockheed Martin Casey 130Js, and a spare set of four Rolls Royce AE2100D turboprop engines. Ordered from the US Air Force via the Foreign Military Sales Program, the C 130Js will be delivered in 2017, the French DGA procurement agency says, with the two tankers following in 2019. Uh, The two variants will complement France's C160R Transall and Lockheed C130H Hercules aircraft and are being rapidly acquired to support aerial refueling to its rotorcraft fleet a mission unable to be performed by its new uh, A400M oh, I didn't realize the A400M was um doing air to air refueling
1: I don't think I think they're in so they're in the, the, the test They've been testing yeah I think they've been testing okay. those aren't they yeah
2: Nice. Uh, the deal was valued at $355 million when approved in November and includes the aircraft engine support and training. France also hopes to arm the type with Lockheed AGM-114 Hellfire air-to-surface missile used by its Airbus helicopter Tiger attack rotorcraft. Nice. That is a love.
0: I, I I I always get quite stunned by that picture because it, it's such a beast of an aircraft, isn't
1: it? I know. I know. We. I, think, I love that image. I think we. I think our, our Facebook photo actually are, is uh, on our website. I think we were standing behind a H. I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our our Facebook Our Facebook picture yeah. of uh, you, me, and Pip. Yes. I think we were standing in front of an H version of awesome. one of these up a Hercules. Yeah. At uh, React, Yeah.
0: Okay, so the final story then that goes with you, Carl.
1: So the final story, a very important story indeed, this is on the Royal Air Force's website. And, um, well, this is a a massively important story. So the Air Tattoo uh, prepares for the F 35 debut. Oh, cool. So aviation history is set to be made in the UK this summer when a major, uh, it's Murph, major air show first. And the Lockheed Martin F 35 Lightning II, the Joint Strike Fighter, makes its much anticipated international so definitely display coming. that's great because yeah.
0: they've been talking about it for a while mm. haven't they? and then it was all a bit um, uh, not sure whether it was coming and and now it's officially it is, been. Yeah. oh this is very cool I'm so visitors to, to
1: the royal international air tattoo which me and matt uh, will will definitely be at this year matt will because i'm going to steal him from his work and and um <laughs> ties boss to a chair. No, no. At uh, RAF Fairford will be the first outside the US to see the stealthy supersonic aircraft state of the art capabilities when it displays on all 3 days of the air show in July the 8th to the 10th. Defense Secretary Michael Fallon said the F35s are the most advanced and fast jets in the world when operating from land or from one of our two new aircraft carriers, the UK's largest ever. They will ensure we have cutting edge and formidable fighting force. The plan for the F-35 aircraft to take part in the air shows here in the UK this summer is a significant milestone for our RAF and Royal Navy personnel training. Hard to fly the F-35 for British industry who are contributing an impressive 15% of every aircraft and for the bu- uh, British public who will have their first opportunity to see this remarkable aircraft in action. Prime Minister David Cameron um. recently announced that uh, he planned to speed up the purchase of 24 of the multi-role combat aircraft, a decision that will see uh, the two front-line squadrons operating from the UK's two new aircraft carriers by 2023. 2023? Yeah. God, that's probably retired then. No, it won't. Air Tattoo organisers <laughs> expect that examples of the F thirty five B, the short takeoff and vertical landing version, will demonstrate the the Harrier like hover capability required for operation from austere land bases and aircraft carriers. Its appearance at RAF Fairford in July will be the latest in the long list of legendary military aircraft that have made their UK debut at the Air Tattoo. These have included the F-14 Tomcat in 1976. <laughs> That's when oh. we were born. Yeah, it was uh, a good Mi- year, that. 76 was a cracking was good year. year yeah. The MiG-23 yeah. in 1991 and Typhoon in 1995. And also the V-22 Osprey in 2006. And also last year, the Japanese Maritime Self Defence Force Kawasaki P one in two thousand and fifteen. That's good news, definitely for uh, for the air tattoo. It is, um, yeah. So Pip, are you? Uh, I take it you're you're coming to Riyadh this year?
2: Uh, I don't know actually. I've not I've not planned ahead. the The following weekend I think is Farnborough, isn't it?
1: Mm. It certainly is. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I'll definitely be at Farnborough on the Saturday, yeah. and I'll be off on the Friday. Yeah. Um, but the week. Before I don't know, I don't know. Term, depends
1: so. where in where in the yeah, world where in the world
2: Yeah, well, of course, the guys hopefully are going to be coming across from the states that yes. week. so, yeah. I'm, so
0: I'm we're, we're all aiming for farming.
2: Trying very much, to so. uh, ensure that I'm around, indeed, to, for hosting duties and chaperone duties. All right, then. Okay, so all we've all
1: right, got two bits of feedback to play on the show, and uh, we received these last night. So we're going to play the first piece of feedback which we have, and
5: uh, here it comes. Hey, Matt and Carlos, this is Philip from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, here in the U.S. First time leaving you guys voice feedback. I've left uh, regular feedback a couple of times, so it's been a while. A couple of episodes ago, uh, I can't remember if it was the last episode or the one before that, uh, you guys were talking about the Antonov 124, and that just brought back uh, kind of an interesting memory for me. Uh, at my local airport, uh, Portsmouth International, KPSM, we get those and occasionally uh, it's kind of a, a you know a smaller cargo airport, so we see uh we see those uh, from time to time. Come to think of it i haven't seen one for a while but uh anyway I'll, I'll never forget the first time that I got to see well actually the only time i've gotten to see one take off uh it was uh it was winter and uh, i can't remember the exact reason I work right near the airport so i, I think I might have heard uh uh you know my lunch break or something I might have heard the the uh, the sound of a large aircraft taxiing for takeoff. Uh, so I went to this little um, sort of plane spotting area we have on the uh, approach end of runway 34. And that area is right where the uh, parallel taxiway takes a right turn and joins up with the runway. So you know, if, if you can picture it, you're staring right down that parallel taxiway and any aircraft that's taking off on, on that runway is going to come right at you. And make a right turn, and then it's going to uh, go and line up on the runway and take off. So it's a good uh, good place to to view aircraft. Um, so on this day, I, I just happened to drive over there, and and I saw, you know, looking down the runway, I saw this Antonov one twenty four taxiing right at me, and I, I've got to tell you, that's kind of a uh, an impressive sight. Uh, it, it, weirdly, it was a little intimidating. <laughs> uh, you know, I've I've seen some other you know large aircraft C-5s and things like that uh and truthfully the 124 isn't that much bigger than a C-5 but um for whatever reason I, I you know I don't know why it just looked a little bit intimidating taxiing right at me uh anyway uh it took that right turn and and uh you know it was sort of blowing its its four engines were <laughs> blowing right uh you know in my direction so I could feel the heat of them smell the uh the exhaust and it was uh, very uh very cool um, situation uh, it sat there for a couple of minutes and then it lined up on the on the runway and I thought it was gonna take off it, it powered up to uh, you know take off thru- what I assume was take off thrust anyway and uh, sat there for uh, it, it was honestly you know I looked at my watch and it was uh, somewhere between you know seven and ten minutes it was it was unbelievable this thing just sitting there at, at the, you know, takeoff thrust or something you know close to takeoff thrust. Uh, all four engines and the whole airplane was just shaking. the the uh, The tail was was twisting back and forth. The horizontal stabilizers were were you know were twisting, and the uh, uh, the engine the cells were kind of bobbing up and down in the wings. Uh, it was incredible, and the sound, of course, was amazing, <laughs> as you can imagine. Uh, and as I said, it was winter, so it was chucking snow and ice off the off the back of the runway. Uh, um, you know, sort of glad it wasn't facing me while I was doing that. Cause it, you know, I probably would have been blown over or something, but, uh, it was very cool. And like I said, it was just doing that for a long time and eventually, uh, released the brakes and, and took off and literally, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. It was literally, you know, close something close to 10 minutes. I didn't exactly time it, but, um, you know, I, I of course, the first thing I did when I got back home was I, you know, did a google search and apparently uh they in the past had had some engine troubles shall we say with those airplanes uh maybe some uh, inferior uh materials going into the fan blades and, and such uh, i think that there was an incident at uh, farnborough um where it blew an engine on on takeoff and uh, so that's sort of become apparently a a, a standard procedure for those guys uh, but it was very impressive to see uh, I was really surprised at how much that airplane was twisting and shaking while it was sitting there for that long at the end of the runway. Uh, very cool to see. Um, I haven't uh, That's the only time I've ever seen one take off. I've seen a, a few of them you know, parked on the ramp before, but that was the only time I've ever actually gotten to see one take off, so that was cool. Um, so anyway, that's just my little story. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, I know you guys have in the past talked about the um, Boeing KC-46 Pegasus. Uh, The uh, Air National Guard unit at Portsmouth International is the uh, uh, 157th, and I hope I've got that number right. I I believe it's the 157th uh, Air Refueling Wing, Uh, and they're one of the first units scheduled to get the KC-46 Pegasus. Uh, They've started construction on uh, new, um, you know, hangar and, and other facilities for the airplane. So. Hopefully in the near future, we'll get to see those uh, flying in and out, although I will terribly miss the KC-135s. I love those airplanes, Uh, and it's just great to see them flying around. So uh, anyway, uh, if I do happen to get to see a uh, KC-46A flying around, I'll let you guys know uh, and hopefully uh, be in touch. So great show. Keep up the great work, guys, and I'll talk to you soon. This is uh, Phil from Portsmouth. Talk to you later. Bye.
4: Hello, this is Jenny in Rome with a little audio feedback. Um, I said that I'd send you something about the merger between Alitalia and Etihad Airlines, which is a a Middle East airline. Um, When I looked at it, it's not really news because this happened at the beginning of January last year. However, things seem to be looking up for Alitalia, which has been an ailing airline for, for so long. Um, their load factors are up and they're improving all round. they have a new livery, although I can't see it looks that much different to the old one to be honest. And they have new slots uh, and broader and new routes and they're going to be introducing even more new routes this year. So this means that if people travelling from the Middle East can come into Italy and then go off all over the place and if you live in Italy you've got a direct line to the to the Middle East and interestingly enough perhaps the news is that there's going to be another merger between an Italian airline Meridiana based in Sicily and uh, owned by the Aga Can. and Qatar Airlines is looking to buy a 49% stake in that and so um, that's going to be decided in the next few days so all interesting developments Alitalia um, When I first came to Italy, the choice for flying to England was either Alitalia or British Airways. Uh, There wasn't really any other alternative. And so I used to always choose Alitalia for the reason because they're so nice to children. And that continues to be true because Italians generally love children. And so if you're flying with a company where both the crew and your fellow passengers are kind to children and you have a small child, that's obviously better. We used to joke about Alitalia. In fact, they used to say that the Alitalia letters, the letters in the word Alitalia, stood for always late in takeoff and late in arrival. However, as I said, the things seem to be better now. Actually, there used to be an alternative to fly, but it involved going to the airport at three in the morning and buying uh, a seat on a plane that had come from. Uh, Ethiopia for example or Singapore and you just get on for the last leg and that cost about half as much which was still a lot of money but that was quite quite good fun but they, unfortunately they stopped that but uh, fortunately now with Ryanair no longer a problem I booked a, a return flight to visit England in a few weeks and I I paid £31.50 return so can't argue with that. Good old Ryanair. Okay, well, that's all from, from me here. Have a good show. I don't know if I can be in the chat room because Saturday morning is a, a bit of a rush for me because I work full-time during the week. And so Saturday's in and out the house. Anyway, carry on with with the good work. Love your show and hello to all the other Bye. people who listen to the podcast. Bye.
1: Right, Thank wow. you ever yeah, so much yeah. for that feedback, yeah, you guys. Fantastic. So, Philip... Um, uh, Labby and the first bit of feedback. There. Um, he's seen he's seen some really awesome aircraft yep. that I would love to see, which mm-hmm. we don't get a chance that much to see here in the UK. But um, no, great. Thanks for that feedback, yeah, Philip. Yeah, actually, yeah, brilliant feedback, and uh, yeah, so clear as well. His audio was absolutely yeah, fantastically yeah, clear yeah, absolutely. on there. Yeah. yeah, love it. He must be using better microphones what weird, we though, Absolutely, I think. yes. We. Yes. <laughs>
0: this is where he writes back and tells us he's using an iPhone or something like that. And yeah, then, and then you'll exactly. just go a funny colour yeah. and speed the out. No, but thanks a lot for your yeah. feedback,
1: Philip. That's <laughs> yeah. absolutely fantastic. Great to hear from you and uh love that accent as well we always yeah. always like that
0: and thanks also to jenny of course uh, yep, jenny. yeah jenny regular contributors to the show that's yeah jenny
1: nice. parkinson thanks for that from rome and yeah. uh good to hear about i, th- those I could listen ages. to jenny
2: all day long well i think we all can to be honest <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. send the, longer uh, feedback jenny yeah <laughs> definitely and it's,
1: it's good to, it's, it's, it's interesting to see also that uh, jenny's obviously she's um um Going with Ryanair rather than using the uh, the larger sort of Italian yeah. carriers, really. But, but, it's, cost, isn't but it's cheaper. It. It's, it's cheaper. cheaper. I mean, yeah.
0: as I say, we 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 have a story about them every single week. But at the end of the day, they are they are cheaper than absolutely everyone else. Oh, yeah. There's no two ways about it. But anyway, thanks, so, guys. Uh, what before um the, before we go, we while, go. Um, while Pip's just looking up the details he needs in order to prompt everyone about his crazy marathon challenge that he's doing, uh, we'll just uh, inform you obviously to get in touch with the show. You do it by the usual means. The main website it is www.plaintalkinguk.com. The email address is podcast at plaintalkinguk.com And please do send your feedback. We love getting audio we feedback. Do. We love including yeah. people in the show because it is your podcast. And here, we
1: want to hear what, what you sound like. Absolutely. You know, we, yeah. we, we, we'd we love to hear what uh, what Tony Kitchen yeah, sounds definitely. like and, and all the rest of the listeners in the chat room. Dan, oh, Dan's already sent some feedback. In, actually. He has, yes, yeah. But more um, of it, more of it. Yeah, more of it. Yeah, Paul yeah. and everyone in the chat room send us send us your audio feedback
0: absolutely uh yes so facebook it is uh it is facebook.com forward slash um, uh, yeah, Facebook dot forward <laughs> slash Plain Talking UK and our Twitter uh, handle. So take yourself to Twitter, Twitter.com and our our Twitter handle is at Plain Talking UK.
1: Uh, and don't forget if you uh, if you are obviously following us on Twitter and Facebook, mm. uh, when we post the uh, the links to the show and stuff on Facebook, they do pop up on Twitter straight away. Do, so if yeah. you're uh, if you are on Either Twitter, or, or both, um, you'll be able to find the links to find the show each week yep. on there. Next week. I am not going to be in the UK. No, nope. uh, I'm going to be a few in, miles away. Yes, yes, absolutely. in Las Vegas. But I Hopefully. intend fully <laughs> on still bringing yeah. a show along with Matt. Um, you know, to to you guys, even yeah. though I am on holiday. But there we go. I, I love the show so yeah. much, and I love all the listeners so much that I'm gonna going to try and get a show out. It's going to be
0: a Saturday evening. Probably yeah, is the yeah. way we're looking at it at the moment. Because it's I'm a be Saturday hours night. Yeah, because he's going to be in Vegas, and it doesn't really make. I, I'm I've got commitments in the morning, so it actually yeah. works better for me. But because uh, I'm doing my CBT for my motorbike again, because yeah. uh, it's lapsed. Um, but uh, yes, it's uh, it's all good. So uh, before we go, obviously Pip, please tell us how uh, first of all how they get to listen to your marvelous little podcast, and of course all details about the marathon. So anyone who's feeling generous, please do make sure you give Pip the helping hand. I'm sure he'll need.
2: Yes, thank you. So uh, one and the same, the places you go to find it, if you want to find the website, it's www.planesafetypodcast.com. If you're feeling generous, as Matt says, and you'd like to contribute to the marathon thing, then just go to that website. There's a, a page there called London Marathon. You can click there, and it tells you all about it. And on that page somewhere, there's a link to the, the Virgin Money Giving oh, page where you can make a donation. That's good. Otherwise, all the usual places, Facebook, uh, P Safety Podcast on the uh, the twits thing
1: yeah so you just uh, before you go you 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 said you just released a quick episode of the plane safety podcast
2: i did just yesterday it's sort of a a, a audio diary thing um came out yesterday i should be recording another one hopefully sometime next week with uh captain owl a more you know a full-length episode yeah brilliant good i hope people enjoyed that
1: so i'd like to thank everyone in the chat room for joining us this morning thanks everyone in there who's got up nice and early to join yeah. us and uh, we really do appreciate you guys coming in the chat room each week and uh, obviously giving your your feedback yeah. in there because it's great yeah, it makes great speaking. reading yeah, some of the stuff really, in yeah. here it really does and also not forgetting as well this week a massive thank you to uh, to you pip for joining yeah, us yeah thanks pip yeah no great.
2: worries yeah. pleasure as always
0: really good so that's where we have to bring episode 98 to a close. As I say, thanks very much to Pitt for joining us live via the old magical Skype. Uh, and uh, yes, as I say, all the usual channels, get in touch. We'll, pub- we'll publish details about what time the live show is actually going to be next, next week. week. Yeah. So watch your, fi- your Twitter and Facebook feeds for that. But from all of us here in the kitchen studio, including Rob, who you can't see, but give us <laughs> a wave. Everyone <laughs> here in wave. the studio, and with the little. Oh, and we've got a little Isaac as well. Just bring up the. Uh, bring up the, uh, the there we go. Yeah, so from Isaac, everyone in the studio, Isaac. Last few seconds yeah there we are go cheers guys Bye -bye.
2: bye bye